time. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I've been waiting all day for this opportunity tonight. And uh, just excited about what we're going to be talking about. Give me just a second, if you will. Get things kind of fired up here. <coughs> For the past few weeks, we've been talking about uh, praying through uh, the tabernacle and uh, using the tabernacle of Moses um, as a prayer guide and uh, how that that will enhance um, our prayer life and make our prayer uh, to the Lord a whole lot more uh, meaningful and um, I believe that we'll we well we come down to the last two uh things within the tabernacle and um so um if you will get out your um uh, prayer guide there that uh, we've been going by that I passed out and uh, we're going to uh Finish this tonight, the Lord willing. Hallelujah. Okay, we have come into uh, uh, the gate of the tabernacle uh, and entered in. And um, how do we pray at the gate? As we enter, it's praise and thanksgiving. We enter into his uh, gate with thanksgiving, the scripture said, into his courts with praise. And then after we get in there, uh, what's the first thing that we come to? The brazen altar. And uh, it is there that we confess our sins and we repent. Um, we die out to um, all things that's unlike the Lord. And... Um, that's an important step, and that's the first step there. I mean, a step that we take. Then we move on to the brazen labor, and it's there that the priest washed in. He washed uh, um, from after handling the animals and everything for the sacrifice. And uh, it's when we, when we, as we're praying, we think in our mind and imagine, uh, imagine that uh, 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 brazen labor. And we think about sanctification and God sanctifying us through the washing of the water by the word, cleansing us. Um, and then we, we moved, uh, moved on in um, to um, uh, the uh, uh, tabernacle itself. And um, as we went in, on the left side was the candlestick that was burning. And... Um, as we as we stand at the candlestick, we pray for God to illuminate us and to give us understanding of His Word. Um, I've run across a lot of people in my lifetime 
that could quote scripture pretty good, Brother Kyle, but they didn't understand what they was um, um, quoting worth a lick. You know, it's good to be able to memorize scripture and be able to quote scripture, but we got to have an understanding. Um, it's um, that's necessary. And as we're praying and we're there by the, uh, the candlestick, um, we um, uh, we ask God to give us revelation and illumination. Then directly across that is the table of showbread, uh, 12 um, uh, pieces of bread there that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. And um, we are reminded that Jesus Christ is the bread of life, that there's no substitute for him. He is that bread. He said, I'm, he said, I'm the true bread that cometh down from heaven. He said, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness that are, that are dead. Hallelujah. Jesus has got the bread to give us, to give us life everlasting. Hallelujah. And then as we go there in the center right before the veil is the altar of incense. And uh, it's symbolic of our prayers going up before God. It's right there before uh, the veil. And, uh, and we talked about that uh, last week. And now we're going to... Um, we have come through all of these and we've taken these steps in our prayer and now we are standing as the uh, high priest stood there at the veil. Uh, and uh, I want you to know and remember, it's important to remember that the priest, the Levites, was able to go into the holy place but they couldn't go into the Holy of Holies. They couldn't go beyond the veil. Only the high priest, and he could only go in once a year. On Yom Kippur is what they call it today, the Day of Atonement. That's when he went in and offered the blood, amen, upon the sacrifice. Um, and uh, But let's, uh, let's read some scripture, and we're going to... Uh, um, do some talking, and you can follow along there in, uh, in your prayer guide as, as I talk. But I'm going to go to Exodus chapter 26, beginning at verse 31. You shall make a veil woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine uh, woven linen. It shall be woven with an artistic design of cherubims. You shall hang it upon the four pillars of Archaea wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be gold upon four sockets of silver. And you shall hang the veil from the clasp. Then you shall bring the ark of the testimony in there behind the veil. The veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy. This veil was a very beautiful um, curtain. Uh, and all the colors that it was made of, God told him to make them of these covers, colors because they all symbolize things. And if you can, hopefully you can see there, um, inside the veil uh, was uh, was cherubims 
um, that was placed inside that veil, which are a type of angels. Um, and they was all through that, um, that veil. Now you can see them clearer on that first shot right there. Um, and um, they had, um, had these cherubims on there. Um, the veil separated man from God. It was hung by gold hooks from four covered acacia wood pillars that rest upon sockets of silver. The word veil means to separate. The veil was made of finely spun white linen, blue, purple, and scarlet, just as the decorated curtains surrounding the holy place (laughs) um, with the richly ornamented figures of cherubim. But it was called the curtain of the testimony or the veil. The veil could never be touched except by the high priest. And then only once a year to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat on the day of atonement. Amen. Now, the veil speaks of the body of Jesus Christ. As testified in the writings of the New Testament which says that we can enter by the blood of Christ through the veil that is his flesh. Amen. Right into the holy of holies. Now, uh, behind the veil was the presence of God, the Shekinah glory that illuminated that place. And it's a, it's a type and a shadow of the body of Jesus Christ. Jesus' body was like a veil. That veil on the outside, amen, it was on, uh, on, a, on a man. But inside that veil was the almighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. Stop and think about that. Think about the veil of this tabernacle and what that veil um, kept separated everybody from. The, the, the mighty power, the Shekinah glory of God. See, the Bible in the New Testament talks about the mighty God in Christ. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus Christ came and uh, he, he, he put on a, God put on a veil. That veil was the body of Jesus. Amen. But that body housed the presence of the Shekinah of God, God himself. Hallelujah. Now, the veil was torn in two as the spear was thrust in Christ's side as his body was broken. Jesus suffered to the point of death, a Roman cross, so that we might have access um, to the holies of holies. Think about that. From the time of Moses, all those hundreds of years, there was no access. Only the high priest could get in the presence of God. The whole purpose of the tabernacle was to give a path to God's presence so people can be next next to God, near God. But only the high priest could do it. And he could only be there one, one time. When Jesus hung on the cross, the temple in Jerusalem 
was built patterned after this this tabernacle right here. Uh, it had the same things in, as this tabernacle, and it had it had a veil. And when Jesus died, that veil was ripped. Hallelujah! Can't you imagine what the priest who was inside the holy place? I mean, they probably got out of dodge, probably. I mean, because. What it meant was, God says, whosoever will. Hallelujah. Jesus has made the sacrifice. He's the perfect lamb. Hallelujah. His blood was shed. That veil no longer separates man from the presence of God. You can walk right into his presence if you want to. And as we stand in that veil and praying, here's your prayer focus. As we stand at the veil on our prayer journey through the tabernacle, we should realize that to us it represents the barrier of our flesh when it comes to oneness with God. As you've got the tabernacle on your mind and you, you are, you're praying and you're thinking about that veil, that veil was a, bar- a barrier. And to us today, It reminds us that our flesh is a barrier from getting to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Think about that. Let's just let it um, sink in. It keeps us from having a oneness with God. It is here when we're standing at the veil, we ask the Lord to give us strength to go beyond ourselves. Hallelujah. As we stand there at the veil, we're asking God to give us the strength to go beyond ourselves, which is not about us, but all about him. Can you say amen? It's not about us. It's all about him. We pray to God to grant unto us the power to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Hallelujah. We break the veil of this flesh, this old sinful man. Hallelujah. And when we're standing at the veil, we're asking God to help me not help me walk in the spirit and not in my flesh. Let me go beyond this veil of flesh. How many of you understand what I'm saying here tonight? Hallelujah. That's what we uh, uh, meditate on. <coughs> Take time to meditate on the name of Jesus and how the veil of his flesh was torn to provide us interest to the presence of God. And then, here we are standing in front of this beautiful, beautiful curtain here. And we've seen all these beautiful curtain uh, colors. We've seen the angels that have been placed inside. As I'm praying, and I'm standing at the veil, I'm praying and asking God to help me to go beyond myself, beyond my flesh, to walk in his spirit. But as I'm standing there, I know and I look at there are four gold posts upon which the veil hangs. Now, they're not seen very clearly in this picture right here, but there were four posts made of gold that uh, the, the veil hung on. And as I'm standing here, 
thinking about this in a prayer focus, the veil hangs. I, this is what I think about. Those four posts. Um, some people uh, in teaching this, they want to go back to the Gospels again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But we had that in the outer court, if you remember the gate, when we first... When I'm, when I'm standing here and I'm thinking about what's on that other side and the joy, you know, the Bible says in thy presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. Amen. In his presence. We have that ability and when I look at those four gold posts, one of them I see is mercy because that's what I'm going to receive. Forgiveness is another one. Justification is a third one. And fellowship is a fourth one. Going beyond the veil offers us mercy, forgiveness, justification, and fellowship. There's no fellowship with God on this side of the veil. You've got to get on the other side of the veil. <coughs> You got to press in if you want, amen, to be in the presence of the Lord. Here's another little diagram picture that kind of gives a side side view and um, the setup of of the tabernacle there. Now, we come to the Holy of Holies. And we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1. Then indeed, even the first covenant, that's talking about the Old Testament. Then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the, and the earthly sanctuary. For a tabernacle was prepared the first part in which was the lampstand, the table, the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, or the holy of holies. We now come to the holy of holies. After you've gone past that veil, the Holy of Holies is a small room, 10 cubits by 10 cubits. That's 15 feet by 15 feet, separated from the holy place by the veil. It housed one piece of redemptive furniture, the Ark of the Covenant. That's the only thing that was back there, the Ark of the Covenant. The lead of that ark was, was the mercy seat that sat on top of that, of that golden box. There was no created light like the sun, no artificial light, but God's own Shekinah glory that lit up the holy place. This veil, that veil was, was really thick, and there was no way that light from the first sanctuary could get into it. What lit up, what lit up that holy place was the Shekinah glory of God. Now here's something else I want to share with you. 
There was no seat for man, but Jehovah sat alone on the throne of his glory of righteousness on that mercy seat. As the high priest entered once a year, he entered with bowed head, no sandals on his feet, and just bells. No human voice was heard, only the voice of God. Hallelujah. No, I mean, I want you to just consider and think about the majesty and the glory uh, of God. And once you come back, you see something like this, the ark, this golden box, which the lid was called the mercy seat. And it had two angels, two cherubim, facing one another. And from that, the glory of God was brilliant, beaming out everywhere, that lit up everything. This right here, folks, is what we've been headed for. This right here is what we've been taking these steps forward with prayer. We're we're step by step getting closer and closer to the presence of God that we might finally enter into the holies of holies where the very presence of God is. It's kind of like it's kind of like the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean there nobody nobody had that opportunity. Only the high priest. Only the high priest. But when Jesus died, all that, all that veil was taken away. We can, we can go in there. Now, the prayer focus, what we want to focus on in prayer, once we are in the holy place, the holiest of holies, we need to know it's only by the blood of the Lamb of God that we are granted access into the holy of holies. Think about this now. That was a hollow box. And inside that box were the Ten Commandments laying inside, covered by the mercy seat. It was, it was, a ten, it was a ten commandments of the stone that Moses had that were written by the very finger of God. That was the law. That was the law. The mercy seat, amen, was covering the law and the high priest would sprinkle blood. This is what I want to share with you. You might want to jot this down on yours if you don't, I don't think I put it in there. The law is covered by, uh, covered with the blood. We are no more under the law but under grace. Only mercy dwells here, hallelujah. Only mercy dwells here. Praise God. Amen. We've been cleansed. We've been forgiven. Hallelujah. Amen. No guilt or condemnation. If you're standing here, you have reached intimacy with God. We can act under the authority that the Holy Spirit gives. Hallelujah. Now, if you notice, as we've been going along, We've been praying 
about other every other thing. But once we get into the Holy of Holies, for we press we have pressed in, we can act under the authority that the Holy Ghost gives. What did, what did uh, the New Testament say? You shall receive power after that which the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When you get into the holies of holies, once you make it to that point, friend, you can call things that are not as though they are. Oh, hallelujah. You can speak with authority. Hallelujah. You can tell the devil where to run to. Oh, glory to God. This is power that people of God desired for thousands of years, but they didn't have it. They didn't have it, but you got it. You got it. We got it. Why don't we utilize it? Why don't we use it? Hallelujah. Amen. Instead of letting the devil whoop up on us all the time, why don't we utilize this power? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You can call things that are not as, as though they are. You can claim it in Jesus' name. <coughs> You're in the holies of holies. You can pray prayers and you can claim it in Jesus' name. You can ask your petitions, well, how, how you want God to move on things. You've gone through this whole process and never asked nothing for you except for forgiveness and repentance. But now, God, you're getting intimate with God and he's ready to meet your needs. Scripture in the New Testament says that we might boldly approach the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find help in the time of need. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I love this church. I love this. This is so beautiful. This is so powerful. Hallelujah. Amen. There's nothing like getting in the presence of God. But a, a lot of the church today don't pray long enough to ever reach it. Amen. Our lives are so involved and busy with other things, we don't have the kind of prayer time with God that we need. You know, people talk about having quality time with their, uh, with their family. You need to have some quality time with God. And I'm not talking about church on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about uh, uh, other times just where it's just you and God one-on-one in that intim- intimacy with him. Hallelujah. So this is where, there's another artist, there were two uh, poles, and this is what uh, they carried it by as they traveled. Um, of course, it was covered up. No, no other eye was able to look at it and see it. But as they traveled in the, in the, in the uh, wilderness on their journey. But this is where, what we're striving for. And I hope and pray that uh, you'll keep that, uh, that prayer uh, deal that I gave you and study it and look over it.
to where you can close your eyes and you can imagine yourself going through the gate as you're praying and you give praise and thanksgiving to God. You imagine yourself at the altar. You imagine yourself at the labor. And then you come to the door. Jesus says, I am the door. Hallelujah. And you enter in that holy place. Where's the candlestick and the altar of incense and the table of showbread? Then you see the veil. Then you get behind that veil to the very presence of God. Hallelujah. I have that etched in my mind. It's there. And I, I, I love taking that journey in my personal prayer time because it, 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 it helps to give us a better quality. Now, we don't, we don't pray like this every time we pray, uh, taking these steps, but um, uh, there, from time to time, we need to have a prayer time with God that we have a little bit of time that we can spend and pray and to seek Him because we have the opportunity to do something that people in the Old Testament died desiring. Hallelujah. Amen. We have it, and we need to take advantage of it. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord.